Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, um, you're the guest today. What? We have no guest. <laughs> I'm the co-host and guest. Do I get paid more? Yeah, maybe you do get paid more. Carlos, I, I have an idea. Um, I was thinking we, we might try an old school show here where we actually say what we're going to talk about, or at least loosely, and um, you know, kind of give folks a, a rundown, so to speak, a timeline of what we're going to try to accomplish. Like we used to when we first started this podcast, but uh, got away from because we're terrible at time management. Or terrible like listeners and employees because Anjanette demanded that and you you went off the rails and decided to to buck the uh, the authority. I know we we tried to make it interesting and um, uh, forgive us for that, right? That's kind of against the company rule, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know it is, but uh, but but how about this? Let's just say we're going to obviously talk some lines in Dan Campbell, and that's what we're going to start with. That'll be our first segment. Then we're going to take a break. We come back and talk about Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. And the uh, the video that went viral of him taking a sucker punch to his teammate, uh, you know, I don't think it's a Michigan 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 State rivalry. You do, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> and then we'll take another break and come back and talk a little bit about Michigan football. I hear they have a huge game this weekend at Michigan Stadium, Carl's against Penn State. I hear they do, yeah. And we have to go back over the blue wall to talk about it. So yes, we do. And uh, actually, Michigan State is a sneaky, important game, too. If they want any chance at all at getting to a bowl game, they've got to beat Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, two or two and 10 or three and nine is going to look a lot different than if they get to six and six. And we can talk about what that uh, actually might mean or not mean. In any case, how's that sound? And I've got a fantastic favorite thing, by the way. I've been waiting to talk about this one for good a few days. Tease, good tease, good yeah. tease, man. Let's see if uh, let's see if the list, the listener out there will stay with us and stay with us until we get there. I can already hear you saying, "Let's keep this short," because we've gone over, you know, talking about the the college basketball or college football game that I'm going to cover. So let's uh, keep your favorite thing short. No, 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 no. We'll uh, we'll give, give you me time, time, Sean. It has we'll to give breathe. You, you, uh, you know, your name's at the top of the marquee. It's your show, so you you take all the time you need, right? But uh, all right, man. Let's uh, let's let's get into the lines here for a second. Obviously, how much table do we need to set here? They lost twenty nine to nothing at New England. Bill Belichick is the coach of the team. Matt Patricia is his offensive coordinator. I'm sure that felt sweet for both of them, um, but we're not really interested in that right now, right? Although you did write a really good column about Patricia and how the fa- the the players actually do love him because they wouldn't say otherwise, right? You know what I mean? They're not gonna they're not gonna say what they really think. In any case, what the, what the heck happened on Sunday? You were out there. Well, the what happened is that they the the offense. I mean, you have you give Bill Belichick, you know, frankly Matt Patricia, you know, whatever months and months to prepare for this game. Uh, I mean, Matt Patricia was just not going to lose his game. I mean, he just there's this one thing he was not going to do. You know, he's a smart guy, and uh, they had a good game plan. You know, and they they stifled the run game. That's the Lions' strength. 
they did a good job moving the defensive front, the Patriots did, um, to limit what they could do. They basically forced Jared Goff to have to win that game through the air. And with limited, you know, offensive weapons, <clears throat> you know, doubling TJ Hawkinson, clogging him up in the middle and stuff, Goff just could only do so much, right? Um, and you know, they, they, yeah, they could have kicked a field goal here and there. I know you took Dan Campbell to task for that fourth and nine and all that stuff, but look, man, he's trying to win the game. He's aggressive. He admits he's aggressive by nature. They go over six on fourth down. The last two fourth downs was, it was late. They, they had no choice. They had to be going for it. So they really pretty much went over four, but he knew like my defense is banged up. They were down to playing cornerbacks at safety. You know, he, he, and that's the one thing that you never hear from coaches is they never really say like, Hey, this guy's hurt. Did you see who's on the field for us? You know, they can't go there. And when you know who your personnel is, then you have to go with what you have. And he knew the offense is a strength. We got to keep pushing the ball, trying to convert. He said that down. Right. Carlos. Right. He said, he told me that yesterday. Cause yeah. I asked him about it. The you actually asked the question, Sean. I, I and, then he, and, then he, and, you. and then he came back to me and said, did I answer your question? And uh, expounded on it some more. Because I know that's why he's doing it, right? I'm sorry to, to go ahead and finish. No, but, no, no. Uh, I just no. wanted to point out that he said that, right? Yeah, he admits it, and he he freely admits it. He's trying. And listen, I, I well, the one thing, you, you, no matter what you're going to say about Dan Campbell, you know, you, you wrote a column about, oh, I'm tired about this. I'm tired of the, you know, how many times can you take, you know, admit the it's a cliche to say it's on me, blah blah blah. You know, true. And you're you're an old man on your lawn screaming. You know, I get it. Um, but. The thing I like about Dan Campbell that you will always be able to say about Dan Campbell when his tenure is over is he went down swinging. He is aggressive. He goes for it. He he gambles. I like that. I like that he does not just conservative and he could have put lipstick. So on you're the a fan. Kicked. So you're a fan. Basically, I'm you're not a fan. A fan you're not an objective, smart. Columnist, I am not a fan. I which like I thought you were a, until this moment. You're a fan. As well, a go for it. Go for it. As a professional football observer, I like that he's trying to win the game when he knows that he's outmanned on talent and, and, and healthy bodies, by the way, he's, he, 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 I like that he goes for it, that he's, that he's aggressive right now with the team that he has with the roster that he has, he knows he needs to be a little bit more aggressive and also help protect his defense a little bit. He's got to pile up the points as much as he can or score any points. So, so field goals. And by the way, what are they down to their third string kicker? I don't even remember the guy's name who was the Badgley. Michael Badgley, he made like $50,000. He didn't even play in the game, Sean. That's how little they trusted him. And when we asked him after the game, hey, were you were some of these fourth down decisions based on your you know confidence in your kicker? He's like, well, I had a yardage line I knew we needed to get to. It was probably like the 15-yard line. You know, I mean, look what happened the week before, right? I mean, they couldn't convert kicks with their backup kicker. So he wasn't going to get done in by a third-string field goal guy. He's like, I'm going to live and die with my offense. The, the one of the top offenses in the NFL. I don't blame him for that. No, that's not the point, man. And and I didn't want him to kick a, <laughs> I didn't want to kick, want him to kick a field goal at all. It's fourth and nine on a day. You're well into the second quarter. You've struggled a little bit there. I mean, you, they move the ball some, but it's fourth and nine. And the, the percentages of converting that with the circumstances of that moment, in the game were what? 2%, 3%. I mean, they were nothing. And he knew that. I'm so going to say the Absolutely, because Come it's on. six to nothing. If he's Come down on. three touchdowns, fine. He's not reading the room right now, which is which is really odd because he's so good at reading the room. No, nope. in a lot of other ways. You're not reading. You're not reading Dan sense. Campbell. You're not reading Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell is 
the guy who keeps saying, I'm putting it on my offense. I'm putting it on my defense. I'm putting it on special teams. He, he likes say, to do that. But yes, he has in the past, but he thought they actually played better. He came out and started out his Monday press conference by saying the defense was a little bit better and they were right. a little bit better. Right. As you, I think, wrote. Yeah. And, they were that's, a better. and that's not reading the room. And this is, this is the thing that he's got to learn. And I think he will learn. And so many fans are frustrated. Like, well, why do you have to learn on the job? Well, we all learn on the job. I'm tired of people making this argument that we can't learn on the job. I'm not saying he can't learn. We all learn on the job. Christ, people, I, I mean, I saw an argument the other day. Oh, Bill Belichick went 5-11 and 11 in the Super Bowl in his first two years. Oh, yeah? Where was he a few years before that? Getting fired in Cleveland and taking a lot of things. Same with Pete Carroll. I'm not saying Dan Campbell is either one of those guys, and I understand he can learn. He will learn from this, too, because in that moment, it's one thing to be aggressive, Carlos, but he's not playing the percentages when he needs to play the percentages. I wish Dave Burkett were here. He wrote a really good piece about this the other day. He's made a couple of choices that have uh, really, really hurt his his team's chances to win. Now, I don't – I'm look, if he punts the ball there, maybe New England scores. They probably don't. They probably punt it back. And maybe New Lions don't score anyway the whole game. They didn't. So maybe it doesn't matter. But you got to do what's best for your team in that moment, not some gut feeling, right? I like that. I mean, trust me, I, 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 if it were me, I would have punted. I would have made a rookie quarterback. If you, hopefully you pin him and you have to make him go the whole field, you got to make him go 80, 90 yards, whatever it is. Yeah, that's probably a smarter play. But at some point, I think the thing that Dan Campbell does in a lot of the games, and this is where Dave Briquette checks the fourth down bot and Dave Briquette doesn't like certain timeouts. He's obsessed with timeouts, by the way. Um, like it, it, you look at it like, well, this isn't smart, whatever, but, but, but that's, that's like a, that's a nerd way of looking at things. That's not a fuel way of saying, I need to have my offense believe in itself and do something and make an, have an affirmative play where they, they make up for this. If you, if they had punted, by the way, on that play on fourth and ninth, basically what you're saying is the play before that was, I think it was third and six and Craig Reynolds. There was a missed assignment. There was a mental error. There was a missed block. And so Craig Reynolds gets stuffed. He gets pushed back three yards. But you're saying is, well, we're going to let that mistake define us. And now we got to punt. It's like, nope, we're going to get back on the horse and we're going to make something happen. He wants that. And I think that's kind of probably who he was as a player is he's that aggressive. Let's take charge of the moment. Let's own the moment. And it, it didn't work out. But that was also not the end of the game. It was no, early you enough could, in the game. Right. Which is exactly the point. It was early enough in the game. You don't need to take that chance because that. Now, look, you couldn't have predicted a fumble and a, and a return of the touchdown there, but that right. was the game. That was the game, and no, it didn't it happen. Of course it, it was. Once it was 13 to nothing, that was it. They weren't moving the ball. It was it. 13 to nothing. They weren't moving the ball the way they had, and you knew that was going to go on. By the way, that was a great move by Belichick. That's just double in Hawkinson, but not even consistently rushing with the edges and worried more about getting him bodied up so he it messes the timing up of the routes. I mean, it's. He does stuff like that all the time. I'm not saying he's the only coach that does, but in any case, I uh, I wanted to ask you about this because obviously we're going to disagree on on that. I just it's one thing to be aggressive at fourth and two, fourth and one, even fourth and four in Minnesota when so many when everybody wanted him to go for it. He was weirdly aggressive, believing in the kicker. These are the decisions he's got to get right. He can still stay aggressive, Carlos, in my opinion, but still be smart. And I'm not saying you're talking about math and analytics. Well, the math says to go on fourth down. I mean, I remember this is funny. I was talking about this with the great Michael O'Hare the other day at Allen Park. Maybe it was just uh, Monday or whatever it was. I remember a high school coach, this is 10 years ago, who didn't punt, period. Right. It didn't matter if it was right. fourth 
and uh, 12 from their own 10-yard line, yep. he still didn't punt. Now, that is radical, right? And yeah. and because there's the, the math overall says, okay, don't punt. Right. And so, but so I'm saying he was going a little bit too much by that and maybe not enough by feel in the moment. And that's what he's trying to figure out. When should he go by feel? When should he go by, you know, the situation and the, what the numbers say? And that's what he's trying to figure out to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, maybe there, there's something to that, you know, and I, I would be curious. I mean, that's one thing. I don't know if we've really asked Campbell this much, this too often is how much do you look at the analytics of fourth down? How much do you, do you really weigh that versus your feel for the game, for your team, for the, the health of the team in that moment, who's available to you, you know, all that stuff. I mean, that, that also plays a factor. The fourth down bot does not know how Amon Ross St. Brown is feeling in that moment. No, so, that's totally true. Analytics have stripped too much of that, right? By the way, I more or less asked him that Monday, and he part of his answer was, I'm just nature, I'm aggressive by nature, right? That was part of his answer. Right. Because I, I asked him how much of this is analytics yeah. versus the talent in your room and the limitations of them versus uh, just your own overall coaching philosophy. And that's when he kind of said, I'm aggressive by nature. That was yeah. a, the first thing he said. All right, before we move to the next subject, let's wrap this Lions top, top up. Let's stay with Campbell, but you wrote a good column, a very thoughtful, well-reasoned column. Oh, although, yeah. uh, you know, you're getting into too much gambling sites, but whatever. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to go down the road of this is what I predicted, even though didn't you beat, predicted them to beat Minnesota? Uh, I think I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that so, was the weekly. That was the weekly pick. Yeah, but you conveniently you conveniently left that out of your column, and you said I predicted the first five games of the season preseason. I said my preseason predictions. Yes, this is how it goes. But then you get into the season. I actually did the same thing too. I, I predicted the more more to lose than to win as the season's gone on. When I predicted the more to win to start. So so I'm with you. But seriously though. Do you think he's on the hot seat? I mean, it's a ridiculous yes. question to ask, but it, yes. it, it is and it isn't. He is, he is on the hot seat. And, you know, we were talking about this a little bit, you know, off camera the other day recently was just that uh, it, it, he just can't keep losing. I mean, you can't go 0-4 the rest of the season. You know, that's uh-uh. that's the problem, uh-uh. even if I you're agree. losing by a few points. Um, unfortunately, it really just doesn't look good for him the next six games. You know, it's and and maybe they get a little healthier. Maybe Swift comes back after the bye. Maybe I'm saying, you know, he feels better. Maybe they get, uh, I don't know, Romeo Quarabak. I don't know. Uh, that also, that also, that always plays a factor. We don't know if two is going to play for the dolphins in in three weeks, whenever they play, you know? Um, but I think if he, I think if he wins a couple and I, here's the, here's the thing with Campbell is I think in no way, shape or form should he be fired before the end of the season. I think because especially at the end of the season, the se- the schedule lightens up. And if they don't get horrible luck on health, they're going to win a few of those games, maybe a handful of those games. The overall record will look better for Campbell. And you don't fire a coach. I think it's just stupid unless you're really like, this is the year. This is where we had playoff expectations, right? The all Avila kind of thing is you don't fire a guy in the second season when you don't really have expectations to win the division or to make the playoffs. This was not what this season was about. So to fire him just because there's a few too many losses and the losses are close, you know, and, but the offense is really, really great to, to scuttle all of that just because there's just a too few many lot. Who cares? They're not going to make the playoffs. This is about getting better slowly and learning and whatever. 
and ready for next year. And you got more out of golf than you thought you'd get, you know, this is all about, I mean, just to fire a coach would be, it would just be so stupid. And to have to reset that franchise again with another head coach next year would just be stupid. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree that they, I, I mean, I'm with you. They, I, they're not going to fire him. I don't, I, I don't think this season, um, at least until the season's over. Right. And I don't think he's on the hot seat right now. I, I think he's got, you know, uh, he's a month away from that. I do think that if he keeps losing and there is a decision from every game that's getting picked apart by the NFL uh, cognoscenti, yeah, then you, I think you and Burkett, yeah, every week. No, 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 no. Timeout and a fourth down. No, if it's something as glaring as a fourth and nine or what, what happened in Minnesota, if that keeps happening along with the losses and they've got three wins at the end of the year, then I think it's it, it'll be on the table. I don't think there's any way around that, right? Because at some point it starts to become about um, image a little bit too and this idea of competency. I'm not saying he's not, he, he's not incompetent at all. I'm just saying, you know how those things build and they take a life on their own, you know? And the Lions have had some coaches here in the past where people actually questioned their um, their ability to manage a football game, right? And um, and I don't think they want to go down that road. If they're three and fourteen, and he's got you know, most of these games with at least one decision that is just completely baffling, then I think he's in trouble. I think that but this that, isn't that's a, a long way off, though. This isn't a case where it's Marty Morningwig taking the taking the wind. You know, it, it, this is not. He's not doing stuff like that. He's making. He's making a, a taking a risk in the first half of a game, you know. Nah, like, that, that fourth and nine, man, don't underestimate that oh, fourth come and nine on. call. No, no, seriously, that's don't ridiculous. Under, you're gonna no. fire a guy over that? No, of course you're not. Of course you're not. I'm your, saying your quarterback I'm, fumbles and they run it back. And it's no, of course nothing. you're not. You're not gonna fire him over that particular game and that particular call. But if they keep happening, yeah, there, there's gonna be some issues think, for sure. I think you fire a coach when he refuses to make mistake uh, changes. Like if we were all going after Aaron Glenn, which we were a little bit a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, we're fine. Aaron Glenn is a damn good coach, blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't make changes. And he's, you know, he's, he, 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 he's intractable and no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And the defense keeps getting worse, but he's standing by his guy. That's the thing where you like, Hey, he's not taking control. He's not being responsible. He's not managing, you know, the team correctly, his personnel, his coaches, that's where you have to call in the question. No, but it, what's also not going to help in the next few weeks, it's not just the losses, is that, that offense isn't going to hum like it was. Dallas is really good defensively. They are. And probably is the best defensive player in the league. Uh, Miami's okay defensively, but Green Bay's really good defensively, right? So two of the next three games, they're probably not going to score much. They'll be lucky to get to 20 points in two of them. No, we'll see. I mean, that's, and, a, that, that's a good and, question you know, to see how the offense responds. But yeah. at least for now, if nothing else, like, okay, you know, I mean, did anybody expect the offense to be this good? That, that I mean, there was so the, the hope for Jared Goff was so low. You know, he's outperformed what everybody thought he could do, and the offense has been, you know, scoring at such a great rate. I mean, you 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 to not be happy with this with this offense. But they scored yes. zero points in the last one. That's the that's the that's the problem, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it was against, a low, against it was the a best defense, defense struggle. Yeah, against the best defense they've faced, and and so people are going to start. And if this keeps going on, people are going to start questioning that offense. In any case. They could. You're right. That's, yeah, I that's mean, who fair. knows? If the offense sputters for sure, then there's, then yeah, then that builds the case against Dan Campbell for sure. Yeah, I didn't see a zero a shutout coming at all. I, I picked New England to win, um, in part because I just did not think that they were going to be able to keep that offensive uh, movement up without a healthy uh, set of, of skill skill guys. Right. 
right. just didn't think it was possible against Belichick. But I did not see the shutout coming. I figured it might, they'd score 13, 16 points right. somewhere in there, you know? That was that was surprising. Not not getting into the end zone was surprising. But uh, in any case, all right, we're going to have a lot more time to, uh, to to talk about the Lions. Let's take a quick break, Carlos, and come back and dig into uh, to Draymond Green and um, the Golden State Warriors. Hello, I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, Freak beat writer Chris Laurie and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom has spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartans Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports, Carlos. Um, you you get you got something to say here, and I know that you. Can I say this? Can I tell our listeners that you you're going to write about this? Yes. Um, okay, good. Because I I'm eventually going to write about it too, but I'm going to let you go ahead and drill down and um, fire off uh, you know whatever missile you want to, <laughs> and then I'll I'll go ahead and take it out and put it in the context of larger society. But but you get the you get the. You write what you're going to write so you can uh, feel that relief, get that off your chest. So why don't, why don't you give the listeners a hint of what you're thinking? Well, we're talking about Draymond Green, right? Sucker punching Jordan Poole uh, in practice last week. And, uh, you know, it, it was really just when at first when we didn't know what happened, and it was just the initial report was that he took a swing at him. There was a, a punch thrown. Um, and then when we finally saw the video that TMZ obtained and he sucker punched him and it was awful. And, you know, I, I just was so disgusted and I've, I've never, you know, full disclosure. I never really liked the way Draymond Green has played. Um, but, and I understand his role. I understand he needs to be a disruptor. He gets under people's skins. He's, you know, he, he's aggressive, all that stuff, you know, that that's part of who he is and his, 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 uh, personality on court. But to do this to a teammate, a younger teammate that, by the way, you're supposed to be one of the team leaders on top of everything else. And whether it's part of a weird money thing about who's getting paid and who's not getting paid and whatever, I don't know what their history is. If you know, It doesn't seem like they've had any altercations before, but you'd strip all that away. If you saw that video, it is so jarring, disgusting that one, not only one person could do it to another, a teammate, professional athletes who are supposed to respect each other on the same team, they're, they're working toward the same objective. And to come up there and just like sucker punch Colcock, this guy, look, he knocked him out, you know? And he even said this, Draymond Green even said this when he apologized on Saturday in press conference and, you know, uh, that he understands how Jordan Poole is embarrassed and his family is embarrassed. And if that happened to him, he knows how his mom would react and whatever, you know, I thought about that and it's like, yeah, what if that, what if Jordan Poole is your kid or your friend or your brother 
you know, your son, and you saw Draymond doing this, what would your, yeah, yeah, you'd be just like Draymond. Like, but, and the way he said it, though, also on top of everything else, the apology, it, it was like he was saying it, but there didn't seem to be any like contrition behind it. He was just like saying it as like a mat, like he was almost reading something. It was so matter of fact of, yeah, I apologize to him and we're going to have this ring ceremony soon and it's going to be, there's going to be an elephant in the room. And it just it was weird. Like, I don't know if he really, really feels remorse. It didn't come off that way. So the whole incident just really bothered me, you know, and I hope that I don't know what the punishment's going to be. I mean, you know, it, it probably, whatever it is, can't be enough in my opinion um, uh, from the Warriors. I don't know if the NBA will do anything about it, but it was just such a disgusting, one of the most disgusting acts I've seen in sports in a long time. Yeah, it was a, um, yeah, it has no business in sports. And and that's really uh, one of the things I want to, I want to get in here. There are a couple of things that are interesting. Um, I do want to push back on the, on, from my perspective anyway, on the apology, the press conference that Draymond had, um, I want to say Sunday or was it, Saturday? It was over Saturday. the weekend and it's he spoke Saturday. for 40 minutes and, uh, he was completely himself and, and to me, he was authentic as he always is. And everybody that covers him out there, the, you, you heard the same thing, thought the same thing. That's, I mean, I covered him and wrote about him and got to know him fairly well when he played at Michigan state. And, um, that just sounded like who he always is. What, what was interesting to me is that, and I'm trying to remember if I've ever heard an athlete talk like this, but he, he said, I'm a flawed man. And he means that. Good. And, and I think, and I think he, he, he means, um, and we all are in some ways, but he, he, we all have our flaws is what I'm saying. He, he meant every word he said, that's really not the issue. I, I think he's always going to be honest and authentic that way. The question is, can he control himself? That, that's the thing that's 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 great that he got up there and and took responsibility and said what he said but is he going to be able to not not do something again whether it's a punch or something else because he's got a long history of doing stuff right and that's the exasperation with that franchise and if you're jordan Poole, yeah how do you play with him yeah you know i mean i i, I don't know i mean draymond is a very smart um calculating guy who who has had this career probably a hall of fame career in basketball because of the way he thinks he is not get up. I mean, he does talk a lot of trash and he does enjoy when he can get into your head and the, the opponent's head, but what he really does, the disrupting he does is not with his mouth as much as he anticipates a player to a head or a passer to a head. And there's really never been anybody quite like him. And, um, it's almost like that's a curse though, because he's so smart. He can see, but at the same time, he can't control himself. He just can't. And I don't know if this will finally do it or not, but if I'm the Warriors, I mean, do you trust him? Steve Kerr said when he talked after Draymond did the other day, Steve Kerr, the Warriors coach, when he was asked if there was a trust issue, he said, no comment in a very terse way, which is not like, which is not like him at all. That is a comment. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So he is, he's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to, to, uh, to watch what happens. But my question for you is, and this was a couple of things that are that really stood out to me. And, and, and the first one is, there was a lot of talk about uh, this is part of sports, particularly the NBA. And you know, you heard some even some NFL people, right? It just doesn't ever get out. This is Steve Kerr himself. He probably seen twenty fights. He was famously punched by Michael Jordan, right? It, I think they even talked about that in the in the ten part documentary that glorified Jordan. <laughs> 
during the pandemic. Remember that the you last... wrote about in every every episode. The, I think you had the last dance. That. Yeah, I wrote about it. How they uh, whitewashed the, the the Pistons, but um, those bad those bad boys, Steve's. But I've I've heard of not everybody's saying that. I don't want to make it a blanket thing because there are plenty of athletes are saying you know that doesn't go on as much, but there are people that that does. So is there a place for this though? Right, because I feel like we still there's part of us that wants to romanticize that kind of, maybe not romanticize it, but just we accept it as, Hey, it's not like your office job. This is different. I, I don't think it's different. And I, and I think we need to change it, but I'm curious what you think. Uh, I, I, I think that, I think that there's this culture around sports that really protects abusiveness. You know, I've been around it. I've been part of it. I've seen it um, from amateur youth sports through all the way to pro sports is always people try to play things down. And it's the old boys thing. It's the locker room thing. It's a locker room talk. It's the whatever. And guess what? We would still be saying this right now. If TMZ had not gotten that video, the, the, the warriors are right away. They responded with a whole, you know, Oh, it's been addressed and whatever. And, and Draymond's apologized. Uh, they were pissed no, though, Carlos. If, you saw that, right? We're, sorry to interrupt, but you saw that, right? Myers and Kerr, the first time they talked, they were pissed. You could tell this wasn't a normal thing just by the way they were talking. But your your larger point, I agree with. But did you see that? I did not see that. The first reaction you could from see them. you could see it wasn't a normal skirmish just by their reaction. Yeah, but go and ahead. That's, and that's the thing that I mean. I, the the thing that is different to me is there. And 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 I've been part of this too. I've I've seen this you know firsthand, and I've heard about it. You know stories about this when there's. When there's some animosity between teammates, you know, or coaches or coaches and players and whatever, there's some scuffling and pushing and yelling and stuff that that happens all the time. And you're and that part is true. That's different from an office job. These guys are not filling filling the toner machine. You know, that's not what they do. It, it is a high, highly intense uh, work dynamic. Um, and I and I understand that. I appreciate it. But cold cocking somebody like that. That's beyond the pale. That that is not normal in any way, shape, or form in any level of sports. Cold cocking somebody, and one one guy who said something about this that was it was very interesting to me was Jalen Rose, who knows Jordan Poole and Draymond Green on a very close personal level. And when it when the first report came out that, that a punch had been thrown on his show, the ESPN show, Jalen and Jacoby, he said, "Well, the difference is." A punch was thrown. And he said, I assume that to mean that just a punch was thrown. There was no connect, whatever that happens. And that's okay. And he even said in that one segment, like, but you connect and things are different. You hit me and our relationship is different. We are not the same going forward. That's now, I don't care if it's a family member or whatever. Our relationship will never be the same. If you throw a punch and hit me in the face, guess what? The next day it came out, the video came out and he's like, yep, it's different. And that is different. That is a huge difference. And I and just imagine, put yourself in Jordan Poole's position, right? Even if you think you're an athlete or whatever, you're out there, and a coworker, a teammate, just sucker punches you out of nowhere, boom, just cold cocks you after you push him away a little bit. He's in your face. You push him away a little bit. He just lands a punch that pretty much knocks you. He knocks you to the ground. I almost thought he was knocked out. You know, how do you? How can you work with that person again? How can you respect them? How can you trust them? You know, how can any teammate do that, by the way? And that's the work. I mean, well, first of all, imagine if that had been Curry, right? Right, right. And that's, uh, and that's it, to it, me, it, that, 
that to me is the thing is like basically Jordan Poole saying you're certain people you respect on this team. There's certain people you don't. I'm one of the people you don't, you know, and which that, is so confusing, right? Because he, he'd taken pool. I mean, there, there's been so many stories and I've seen so many interviews with both of them over the last few years and their lockers are right, right next to each other. He'd taken pool under his wing because Jordan Poole works like he does, right? They have that in common. They share that, but they both have tremendous mental toughness even though they have very, very different games and they share that. And that's what's so that makes it almost worse. That's almost like your dad hit or your big brother hit. You, right. Yeah. Because, because that's how he's at least, he's, I mean, Curry sets the culture of that team and the example and the way he goes about everything and that joyfulness, they all talk about out there. That all comes from Curry, but the leadership and the fight and the reason they're a champion or the other reason they're title is because of green. And you wonder if he just threw that all away. But to, back to your point about the, the about the bigger the, the about sports and does it have a place in sports? I just I'm with you. I don't. It it, it doesn't. And I under, it, what's interesting another part of this, Carlos, is that you think about there's so many people our age or maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, that wince at that, but at the same time long for the days when we fought more that way and said, shouldn't we do that instead of gun or knife play? Right. It's it's the, the idea of the punch in our culture is it's really, you know, well, I don't know if Draymond had had a gun or a knife. I don't know if you would have gone to the fist. I mean, I right. Mean, but it's just no, it's just it's just yeah, it's it's really interesting. We just don't I, I don't want to I'm tired of people saying, well, that's just part of sports because it you know, you know what I mean? And once the video came out, you heard a lot less of that. That's for sure. Yeah. But the, you also still heard, well, this happened. It just never was on video before. Right. And, and I ask you this question uh, off, off the air. Let me ask you on the air. Why would you think of Michael Jordan if that punch were out there when he hit Steve Kerr in the jaw? Because he hit him in the jaw. That's how they describe it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it, if it was the same thing, if it was, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, Kerr was a fiery player. You know, I don't know. Was he I don't know what the con- I don't remember what the context was of why that happened. If Kerr was talking smack to Jordan, or he wasn't backing down, he wasn't backing down from him, right? And it was he wasn't a, backing it, down. It, it was in a practice. Yeah. But if there's, but there's a video of there's that's different. Optic. If you're, there's you're, an you're, optic, right? Yeah. If you're if you are in the moment in practicing, you're shoving each other, and there's a punch thrown. What was the famous one where uh, what's his name Kermit? Oh, uh, Kermit Washington sucker punch Rudy Tomjanovich. That was during a game. Yeah, that was during a game. He turns around. I didn't know it's Rudy coming at him. Rudy just ran into that punch and it like caved his face in. Yeah, That's he couldn't com- see. He couldn't see them at all. At least with no, I'm not. I mean, it was, it was a little bit different with Green and Pool because they were face to face. That it was. It wasn't the sucker punch in the terms of what you're talking about with that. Yeah, that's right. the th- this is the different thing. If, if if Kerr and Jordan are jawing at each other in practice, whatever, and there's a punch thrown, awful. But just watching that and the way it it's almost like Draymond Green premeditated this, walking up to him. There's something going on in the court. There's some drill being shown or whatever. He just walks over to him casually, kind of gets right up into his face with this. Because they've chest. been talking, they've been they've been insulting each other, right? Not at that moment, not at least. No, right no, no, away. no, no. They were though. They had been for a while. It's been reported and you can see it too. A pool is talking. He's not looking at green, but it's clearly about at green. Green comes to him. He's the aggressor. He does not. He, he walks does. up to pool. Pool's just standing there. Maybe he's jawing. No, but they, they've been, they've been jawing at each other for a while. They've been, whatever. And he, and all the Jordan pool does is push him away. And Draymond just boom, 
turns around, hauls off, and, and sucker punches him. That is so different than we've been yelling at each other, we're pushing each other, whatever, or we're in a drill, or we're practicing or playing, and things get heated, and I swung, and you know all that stuff. I mean, that that's just it, it's just completely different. You should have had enough control or restraint or whatever, you know, and even, I mean, I could see if Draymond started like yelling at him, like you push me, I push you back. We start yelling and he throws a punch and it lands. It's different. Right. I mean, like, look at Juwan Howard, right. When he slapped the assistant coach, you know, there's, there's heated moments there. There's something's happening. It's, it's not great. And he got suspended for a couple of games, whatever, but, but like you, it was more understandable. It was more of a human emotion. Uh, it's not no, like it was premeditated. I, I that's a good, that's a good, uh, not, not analogy, but that's a good example, actually, because I think that's actually very, very similar and based on very similar things where uh, pride comes in. Jawan Howard was really lucky he didn't connect, right? That's the difference. Yeah. But it, it was, was also- not, but it came from the same place of anger and rage that wells up just like that in that environment. He did the same thing Draymond did. Draymond is connected. And that's the thing. Now, and that's a Jawan- different. It's a Juwan different thing. has got to control. <laughs> it's not. It's what Juwan's got to do the same thing. He's just lucky. We wouldn't be t- if if he had missed, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But you mean but we mean should when- be, but we should be because he still would have wound up for the same reason. He lost his cool. He's lost control of himself, right? Now, I mean they both lost control, but I, I but I think the Juwan thing was much different than than this one, you know. I mean. He was th- this, like I said, I think, I think Draymond Green was ready to start something. He was looking to throw a punch at some point. So here. was Juwan. No, he wasn't. He was arguing with the, with the coach from the other team. And then, and he, and then and he started jawing back and forth. The assistant coach runs up and but there's that's a little what bit Jordan of Poole and, and he throws Jordan, his arm. But that's what jo- jo- uh, Jordan Poole and Draymond were doing. They were jawing at each other. And then it got, and then he lost his school. You cannot do that if you're Draymond, right? He didn't just walk up to him on the other side of the gym. With he no did. context he and no walked nothing. up to him. They were slowly. jawing at each other. That doesn't go justify. back and look at that video. They were not. They, maybe they, they were, were jawing, jawing at each other, Carlos. It's walked, been reported. He walked over, up to him very I'm, slowly. You know what, flat earther? They were jawing at each other. It's been reported over and over and over. They had been talking for at least 15, running their mouths at each other. It was not out of context. That, But that's beside the point. No matter how much somebody jaws at you, you can't swing at them. Right? You can't. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't can't swing at him. Right. Or better yet, don't walk slowly up to him and push him chest to chest and then throw a punch. Wait, you mean, oh, you mean after pool pushed uh, Draymond after Jordan? Yeah. After they they bump chest, you know, Draymond bumps his chest, like gets right into his face. Yeah. I don't know that he he didn't bump his chest, but he, he invaded, he got way too close for sure. Really close. Yeah. I mean, and that's why pool and pool pushed him off pretty good. Right. He like, that was a full push. Like get the get the heck out of my face, and then That's all he could do. No, no, he I, he had he had every, every right to do that for sure. And then uh, Draymond reacted to that, and that's where you you just can't. And first of all, he shouldn't have gone up and, and made it and gotten into a space in the first place. I don't think. That's what I'm you know saying. What I mean? That's what I'm saying. But Jawan talked about, um, and they were very private about that. But they talked about you know trying to control that temper, trying to control that pride. There was a lot. I remember behind the scenes, there was a lot of talk about that. It's it comes from a similar kind of place, and you got to control that, you know. And and I don't know if Draymond's going to be able to do that moving forward. We'll see. I mean, they, he he may have just uh, ruined their whole year. They got a championship level team again. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is. I mean, 
I think I think Stephen A. Smith was uh, saying the other day that I think uh, Draymond's got like an opt out, and since he's probably not going to get paid this year, you know, he's probably going to bolt and go to the Lakers. Yeah, no, I I saw that. Yeah, and, and we don't and we don't and for our audience here, we don't need to get into all the the uh, the money dynamics of what are going on with the Golden State Warriors. I just I just I'm, I'm I think we're in agreement. There's no place for that at all. And uh, and I don't want to hear any people again saying, oh, you know, it's, it just happens here and there. It's just that it doesn't get out. That may be true, but that needs to change too, right? Yeah, and I think that's the thing to me that that I really hate hearing is, do you know how many locker room fights I was in in high school? And this, that doesn't make it right. Just because you were in a toxic environment at one point in your amateur athletic career does not mean that this is right. That this, oh, oh, if, yeah. you know. You've that's heard player. You've heard NBA players say that about NBA locker rooms, right? No, and and that's the and that's the point. When are we gonna When are we gonna stop this? When are we gonna right. say, hey, there are other ways to settle this? It doesn't matter. You know, you got to be able to. You got to be able to control yourself yeah. in that way. You, you can't normalize this. No, no, it's it. It needs to change. All right, we're in agreement. I think. I think I win the argument, but yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what you're arguing actually, but uh, <laughs> in, in any case, just context. Just remember the context, please. Uh, that's that's all that that's that's important all right let's take one more quick break and come back with uh what are we talking about oh michigan football and your and your favorite thing the blue wall all right we'll be right back with more free press sports with carlos and sean just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh human remains that are left Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, I don't know about you, Carlos, but wow, I needed to catch my breath after that one. My goodness. Was it because you did you take a swing at me and you're out of no out no of you were pulling a, you were pulling a Kyrie Irving there tell me the earth was flat um you know it's uh yeah I gotta I gotta I gotta control my emotions there a little bit better uh, when I when you when you when you come up against a true believer you just gotta take a step back take a breath talk to the producer you know what I mean the voice but, uh, of reason the voice of reason yeah what are we what are we what are we talking about oh yeah we told people at the top of the show we were gonna get to Michigan football. Yeah, and well, uh, and Michigan State a little bit, and we we can we we can we can mention the the game up there too. Sorry, Spartans, I know that's a big game. Anyway, I had a question, and this is probably going to take up thirty or forty minutes. But my question was, you know, you wrote a, a very good column about uh, the Michigan game at Indiana and what happened to Mike Hart, the running backs coach, uh, having a seizure and falling on the uh, you know on the ground, and they had to be. It was a scary few moments, a few several minutes. And how the stadium reacted. Well, you were in the stadium. What, what was it like? Because at the, in the at the time, I don't think that much of it was shown on television. And how scary was it? Nobody knew really what was happening in the moment. Well, it was hard to tell at first who it was, right? Because you're in the press box. And then, uh, thanks to some trusty, you know, colleagues and and um, you know other reporters who carry binoculars, kind of quickly figured it out. I think I think the radio crew for U of M reported it fairly quickly so anyway it, it was known that it was my car but I, it was just really it was unsettling it was eerie i mean you don't you don't and that is not a great football program obviously in stadium but the stadium was pretty packed for them and so to have 
have it be so quiet. Even in the press box, it's so quiet. And, and you know how journalists are. They're always trying to figure out what's going on, what's going on. You're trying to figure yeah. it out. And you could hear a little bit of murmur and a little whispering, but it was, it was just so quiet because you don't, you knew when we found out it was my car, you know, that's medical, right? You know, that's mm -hmm. not, that's not a, an injury. You know, that's medical when somebody's down like that. And, uh, there were folks with towels trying to kind of, right. Give them some privacy, but you can't really do that in front of 50,000 people plus all the team. And the fact that my car also had coached at Indiana for four years as a running back coach and was beloved there too. So those coaches are, and even some of the players, they're trying to get over there and figure out what's, what, what's going on. But that was just, it lasted almost 10 minutes, Carlos. It was, it was, uh, I've never seen anything. I've never seen anything quite like that. Unfortunately, once they, they got him up and wheeled him and, and got him on the cart and drove him away. And he ended up staying the night in Bloomington at a hospital, but, and he would, you, you could see he was alert a little bit. In fact, he gave somebody the, he gave the fans the thumbs up. But, uh, so that was a relief to some degree, obviously, but yeah, no, it was, it was really, um, unsettling. And obviously in that game, you know, uh, you know, uh, Harbaugh said, you know, let's, uh, let's win one for coach Hart at halftime and it, it worked obviously. <laughs> so win one for the Gipper. Right. Um, so, so what happened, uh, your, your, uh, Heisman favorite JJ McCarthy, first, ba first ballot college football hall of famer, uh, quarterback, uh, rallied the troops right and they they won going away was a 31 -10. well I, I don't know if it was him they ran the ball a lot better blake Corm talked about how tough it was to focus right and he's he's got great vision you can see that you watch them play the way he cuts yeah. back and hits the holes and there was a while he was running and he didn't look at he wasn't doing that and you can imagine right i mean yeah and, and they think about this and i'm trying to remember if i wrote this in the column or not but your position coach is it's true of the nfl too but especially in college is often the person that recruited you the most. Mm -hmm. And then it's clearly the person you spend the most time with through the week at, at the football building. You might spend more time with your position coach than you do than anybody else, maybe under your roommate. Yeah. And um, you've, you've grown very, very, very close to that position coach. So, you know, he, he, that's where his mind was. And he talked about trying to refocus and, and uh, heart, my car got them a message through Harbaugh at halftime from the hospital saying he was okay. But, um, so that helped too, but yeah, no, they just started running the ball better. Um, the line played a little bit better. He started kind of getting refocused. Yeah. McCarthy played well. I don't know that we want to rehash the Indiana game though. No, no, no. Necessarily. Right. We, we want to talk about to me, their first, I think, because the big 10 is not that good. Uh, their, their first actual test of the season. Here we are. It's uh, mid October. Mm -hmm. What do you, yeah. what, what, what do you think? Yeah, this is the first test, right? What are the uh, Penn State's tenth, I think, ranked tenth, and yeah. uh, you know, playing fairly well. Um, definitely, you know, an advantage for Michigan playing at home. But th this, this, this could go either way. I mean, it's not a slam dunk that the Michigan's going to win this game. You know, um, so th this is the first kind of measuring stick that we're going to see with how they respond. Um, don't know if Mike Hart will be back on the sideline. Probably not, right? But um, my guess is there's going to be some appearance of Mike Hart, maybe right to spur on the troops and to give them the, the extra little juice, whatever. Uh, that would be pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, this, this is going to tell us something about this team. Yeah, it, it should. And again, I want to say it's a, a real test, but Penn state did throttle Auburn. I don't, you know, I think Auburn's all that good this year, but um, you know, they, they struggle a little bit with Purdue 
trying to think there was they had another close game i I don't know man a bit the big 10 could just be a mess and ohio state's great but who knows maybe ohio state uh is great relative to the big 10 and they get out there with the big boys and you know lose again who knows i i don't know i don't know what we've got to be honest with you i just know that would you uh, be shocked though would you be shocked if michigan loses this game no i wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked at all but it's just they're home i mean i know penn state want revenge from a year ago and that was a close game so i would imagine um to be pretty close, Penn State's got a his name escapes. He's got a really talented freshman running back, uh, who's you know they always have good running backs there, right? At Penn State, and they always have good speed, and they got some. They, they, well, let's just say this: it'll be by far the most speed and athleticism they faced mm-hmm. so far this year. Because Iowa, I mean, Iowa was uh, good defensively because they they I don't know shrank the game somehow, but they can't score, man. So that's not a, that's not a test. So anyway, no, well, no, I, yeah, first, first good test. It'll tell us a little bit more. I'll be curious to see um, how McCarthy plays because he should be, he should be facing a little bit more uh, pressure. He hasn't really been under a lot of pressure. I'm not talking about the mental pressure. I'm talking about just the physical pressure, collapse in the, collapse in the pocket pressure. So we'll see, we'll see. There's another football game though, Carlos, and I know you probably don't think it's a big game, at all. It's a huge game because you're going to go cover it. No, 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 no. I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know, hey, doing my part to go cover it. It is Michigan State versus Wisconsin. In years past, that would that would be yeah, yeah. as big a game as Michigan Penn State, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Especially I mean, at Camp Randall, right? Oh, With all the yeah. jump around and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. What's interesting is Wisconsin's down. They fired their, they fired their coach Paul Christ uh, not that long ago, so. Maybe state's going to get them at a bad time. That's never great to play a team after they fire their coach. Here's a little bit of bounce or rebound yeah, after that. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. But I'm just curious and because you've watched what's going on with the Spartans this year. It's a winnable game, I think, for them. I, I think I don't think they're going to be out talented in the trenches like they have the last few weeks on both sides. But uh, how big important is this to you to you for, from your perspective from Mel Tucker? Because if they don't beat Wisconsin, they're they're not going to have a shot at a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, this is one of their their winnable games now, right? That they have that they that almost they have to win. Um, you know, and after getting handled by Ohio State, um, which everybody expected, um, this is a chance to do have a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of like feeling like this is not completely uh, a wasted season uh, that we can still do something we're still we're still fighting for something you know playing for something whatever you know doritos the bowl whatever you're gonna end up in but you know it's something that especially at home for the home fans for for the mike elrick's out there to get on tv and actually be smiling instead of being caught you know surrender cobra style um so yeah it's big right i mean i don't know how many more winnable games you're gonna look at and say this is this is one of our best chances at home no, there's a huge difference between six and six, and if they get to, that means they could do a bowl game, and maybe they win a bowl game if it's against an equally mediocre team. And they're seven and six. You look at that very differently than if they finish three and nine, mm-hmm. which they which they could. Yeah, they've only got two wins, right? They got some winnable games. They also every game is a losable game with the way they play. So psychologically, <laughs> right? And can they hold on to recruits? And what's yeah. the vibe with Mel Tucker? I mean, yeah, no, it's. This is kind of a sneaky, important game. Anyway, I was just uh, curious if you if you agreed there. The other thing too is you you got to feel 
after this game, I think they go to Michigan, right? Uh, two weeks after that. So uh, you don't want to get, you don't want to get your butt handed to you and then got to wait two weeks before you go over to the wood chipper, you know, in Ann Arbor. So uh, they, they gotta, it would be, it would be very important for them to feel good about themselves. If there's any slim sliver of a chance to beat Michigan at Michigan stadium, you know, that it, it has to kind of start here, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Who knows what that game, right? I mean, Oh, I know you would think Michigan would run away with it, but I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, I don't even, I don't like predicting that game. It's, it's, it's not fair because there's some oh, other, come on, there's some other alchemy stuff <laughs> that we don't understand that happens in that game. You know what I mean? Listen, I know you need, you need to sell newspapers. I understand your position on this, but uh, I'm going to be real with the people and it's not even going to be close. Come on, man. You know, you know, Sparty fans, you know, our good friend, Mike Elric. You know, he's dreading this game. You know, he doesn't, nobody wants, no Spartan fan wants a part, part of this. I wrote process. that two years, I wrote that two years ago that Harbaugh had sort of taken the fun out of the rivalry because he'd won one or two in a row no. and nobody wanted to go watch the game. It was at Spartan Stadium and uh, people were just so, oh my God, we're going to lose by 50. And then they go win, you know, I mean, and nobody saw that coming. That was, uh, that was kind of crazy. So I sort of learned my lesson with that. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll, Join the, join the Carlos Menards betting app, and uh, you can put down your bet on this. All right. That sounds good. All right. Let's get to your favorite thing. Uh, you, you, you need a little bit more time for this one, right? Go, go, man, go. Yeah. My, so my favorite thing this last week was I was at in Boston, right, covering the Patriots game, the Lions-Patriots. So Saturday, um, I have a little bit of time on my hands after I send my, uh, my story. I go into Boston uh, in the afternoon. There's, there's, by the way, Boston, first time ever in Boston. It's a great city. It's really walkable, tons of history. I'm a history buff. I like learning about it, whatever. I wanted to do everything, Sean. I wanted to go to Cambridge. I wanted to go to Fenway. I wanted to go to all these different places, these historic things, the Freedom Trail, all these things. I didn't have that much time. So I decided I'm going to go to the North End. It's where the, a lot of the Italian uh, restaurants are. And uh, so I decided I'm going to go to Paul Revere's house, uh, historic house, right? The right, midnight ride and all that stuff. And um, it was a cool little tour. And then I walk around the corner of this Italian restaurant, sit down. It's dinner time. Uh, I ask the bartender, I'm having dinner at the bar. I ask the bartender, can you put the game on? They, they had some New Hampshire hockey game. So can you put that on the, you know, Michigan State, Ohio State game? Oh, yeah. So there's a couple, two couples, older couples um, sit down next to me. And they ask, oh, are you a Michigan State fan? I'm like, well, not really. You know, I'm from Michigan. I live in Michigan. Oh, well, what do you do there? And I don't know how you are, but I don't really like to advertise what I do because, I don't know, it kind of draws attention sometimes. I'm not trying to, oh, this is, you know, whatever. It's, And I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but whatever. I just wanted to watch the game. But I'm, I, I admit, all right, I'm a sports writer, blah, blah, blah. I tell them the whole thing, right? And they're like, you're a sports writer. Well, who do you work for? Well, I work for the Detroit Free Press. You know, oh, really? Okay. You know, and, um, and uh, you know, what's your name and this and that. So we start talking. So one of the, one of the wives decides to Google me. And I don't know what happens in the Google search, but she's convinced that I'm Mitch Album. So they think I'm Mitch Album. And I guess in the little tiny picture on your phone of what Mitch Album looks like on the Detroit Free Press, maybe I look a little bit like him. 
And they're like, well, you're, you're famous, aren't you? And oh, this and that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you're, aren't, didn't you write this book on how, how's Tuesdays? And I'm like, what are you talking? Like, so I figure it out, right? They think I'm Mitch. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not Mitch. And, and so we had a lot of fun with it. I told them, you know, I cleared it up, whatever. And, uh, and so we're having, I mean, this goes on. We actually had a really nice time. So we're there sitting there for, you know, more than an hour talking and, uh, and, uh, they decide, I say, oh, you know, I got to get going, whatever. And, uh, and uh, ask for the tab, you know, and the, and the bar, one of the gentlemen says, no, 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 this is on us. I'm like, no, you can't do this. Like, don't worry about it. I can, you know, I'm on expense. I can pay for it. And like, no, 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 this is on us. You know, they bought me a couple of drinks and whatever. And uh, so I got a free dinner out of someone thinking I was Mitch album for a little, a short brief time, Sean. So that's awesome. Fantastic. That's awesome. Dave Burkett would be proud of you for getting that free dinner. No, Dave Burkett would be, he, he would be very disappointed that I didn't figure out a way to get a free dinner, but also charge the company and make some money off of it for myself, for my kid's college fund, of course. No, though. Yeah. For the, for the, yeah, no, that sounds like a great idea. And the next time you're there in the North end, uh, go check out the Neptune oyster bar. It's a, it's a fabulous little seafood place. They get the, the lobster, they make a lobster roll there, not with mayonnaise, but with butter. So it's, 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 it's extra healthy. It's really rich. But uh, it's a fabulous little place, and you're right. That's a great, that's a great neighborhood. Um, Don't you ever just go to a Chili's? Or yeah, absolutely. When I go at spring training, I stay at a hotel in Lakeland, and there's a Chili's right across the parking lot, and uh, that's usually my first meal every time I get to Lakeland because I like their nachos, and they spread those they spread those processed beans and that processed cheese and that romaine that doesn't even have any green in it. It's all white. It's uh, it's been sitting there so long and pickled jalapenos and it's glorious. It's absolutely Wait, who gets glorious. Who on, on nachos? What are you talking what do you mean? about? What do you mean who gets? That's a classic Tex-Mex thing, beans? man. Oh my God. But you're neither, you're neither Tex nor Mex, so I would understand why that would confuse oh, you. <laughs> beans, that's, that's an abomination. I don't like Tex-Mex food. I'll be honest. I don't like it. Yeah, well, you grew up around it. So what do you... I, I grew up Mex, not Tex. No. Well, I know you in California, um, in Southern California, there's Tex-Mex too. No, no. I've eaten it. What are you talking about? No, no it's you, like you've, say, gone, you've gone to the wrong place. You've gone to Olive like, Garden. No, yeah. Didn't you just ask me if I don't ever? Yeah, no. Anyway, that's a total, total <laughs> guilty pleasure, the, the nachos at Chili. Mm, okay, I got to try it one day. Yeah, it's it's like the oil that they call butter they put on at movie theaters, you know, for popcorn. It's a total... <laughs> Oh, freshly freshly popped popcorn that's been in the back for uh, two weeks. Okay, my my favorite thing, yeah, my favorite thing is uh, very quick, very very quick. Um, I got an email about a column I wrote that um, let's just say it's about the Lions and uh, Dan Campbell, <laughs> and the headline is on the email from a reader who shall go nameless says, "How about a cold bowl of Campbell's poop?" And um, I'm not going to read any other of the email. Watch out. Anjanette's listening really hard right yeah. now. Be careful. I'm not going to read lightly. any more of the email. I just, I just, I, I'm grateful that we have readers. I'm grateful that we have people that care that much. You know what I mean? To send me an email, to reach out, take time out of their day to write an email and say, how about a cold bowl of Campbell's? <laughs> That somebody that's, is that's clever though. That actually is kind of clever. It's fabulous. And the fact that they care that much, you know this, you hear from readers. Sometimes we, you know, it's easy to think you're just writing into a void. 
or as you and I are speaking into a void for, you know, who knows, I guess there's a listener or two out there, but, uh, it's just, it's just, it's nice to get those kind of emails. You know, we, you and I both get plenty of people that are really frustrated with us. And sometimes we get nice ones and uh, it's, it's all good. It's just amazing that people take the time to write. And, um, and when it's that fun and silly yeah. because sports can be fun and silly, even though this podcast today probably wasn't so much, but, uh, you know what I mean? No, we, I, I totally appreciate you. Both you and I are in the same boat. We really appreciate all the reader comments and we can't respond to all of them, you know, but all the, the ones that are, you know, that are tasteful, at least, you know, I don't, I don't mind criticism, whatever, keep it, keep it tasteful, keep it classy. Uh, and most of it is frustration over the teams that we cover. So um, yeah, yeah. You know. Come up and, and with your, too. they're happy too. sometimes. No, you know? they, are, they are. So come up with your own, uh, you know, just if you ever want to write Carl's, you don't really need to write me so much. Carl's is more important here, <laughs> but come up with your own version of how about a cold bowl of Campbell's poop and, uh, and you're good. You're golden. You'll probably get a response. Sound good, Carlos. That's a great plan. I love it. Yeah, not not that sound good, but I mean the plan. Your own take. Yeah. Your own take on it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your own your own special your own special spin. So, all right, man, we gotta we gotta wrap this up and get out of here. I think it's uh, time it's time to thank a lot of people. I will start with uh, with a thank you to Andrew Hammond, who makes this possible, who produces this and puts up with this every week and uh, books guests. He didn't book a guest this week. I guess he doesn't care about us anymore. But you know what? We didn't really need a guest. We didn't want a guest this week. We had too much to talk about. Too much Absolutely. to say. Absolutely. So who else do we need to thank? Uh, executive editors, Kirkland Crawford. Oh, executive producers, I'm sorry. Kirkland Crawford and Anjanette Delgado. I think we we did mention her enough this time, so I don't feel bad. And, Good. Uh, she's queen of the world and uh, king of the world. And uh, editor, editor. He just has editor. I like it. Just editor. You it's know, simple. none of this pomp and frilly and six ribbons whatever you know it's just peter batia editor of the free press well yeah so then who else would be oh we should probably take the listeners you can thank you, me you you folks out there you know right or you people all three of you all three you, of you you people as carlos would say you you <laughs> you folks you folks out there thanks for uh for joining us one more time um hopefully it won't be the last i don't know you never know i guess we have guests coming up. We have per- two pretty good guests coming up next we week. We do. We do. We do. We Don't got- say who they are. It's a surprise. No, no it is. It's a total surprise. That's anyway. one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we want to thank you all for listening. You can, of course, find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Spotify, Apple. And uh, when you get there, subscribe. That would be awesome. Give us a rating. Tell us what you think. That would probably be even more awesome. Um, you know, I don't know if I need to keep using the word awesome. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll work it in a column. Throw in, throw in a bro while you're at it. Yeah, I'll, okay, bro. I'll uh, I'll throw the awesome in the column. How about that? That sounds good? That would be freaking amazing, yes. Oh, my goodness. I see what you did there. All right, my man. Uh, it was fun, as always. Good to uh, spend some time to, uh, figuring the world out here with you. We will be back next week with more Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. 
from the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.